Someone once said that no man can for any considerable time wear one face to himself and another to the crowd without finally getting confused as to which is the true one. And those words pretty much summarize Pontius Pilate. I don't know if you saw the movie The Passion of the Christ, but that was a clip uh, from that movie. Um, and it's a, it, although their specific conversation um, was not recorded like that in Scripture, it pretty much describes the heart of this Roman governor, this leader in the land of Israel over the trial of Jesus. And it describes his life. No man can wear one face to himself and another to the crowd without getting confused as to which is the true one. And we're going to see that this morning as we overhear Jesus' conversation with Pontius Pilate. We've been in a series of messages called Conversations where we've been learning um, how did Jesus communicate spiritual truth? You know, how, how, do we, how do we engage in an authentic way uh, to talk about and have dynamic spiritual discussions with people that matter uh, in our world and in our family? And if you've kind of been along for the ride, you remember maybe the uh, conversation that we talked about that Jesus had with Nicodemus, who uh, was a religious leader, and it was a nighttime discussion. It was an unhurried discussion, and Jesus talked about birth from above, and he connected with Nicodemus' past and what Nicodemus knew about uh, uh, from the Hebrew Bible about the history of Israel and uh, God's people in the wilderness uh, when they complained and God sent venomous snakes, and then their deliverance came as the serpent this bronze serpent was put on a pole and people were to look up and the poison of the venom, uh, they were healed by looking up at the serpent and how Jesus said to Nicodemus that the Son of Man is going to need to be lifted up on the cross in order for the poison of sin to come out of your life. And, and, and Nicodemus he had needed some process time. He needed to process that and... and and he eventually did when Jesus was actually lifted up. Some of you are like Nicodemus. And then we talked about uh, in John chapter 4, Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Here Nicodemus was at the top of the social ladder. The Samaritan woman was at the bottom of the social ladder. And John 3, Nicodemus, John 4, and the Samaritan woman. Uh, John put them together for a purpose, that Jesus is for the world. And how Jesus released this woman from her past. He engaged her, he made contact, he broke through the barriers, the racial, the religious, the gender, the social barriers, and he connected with her, took off her mask, and then he invited her into his kingdom. And, and John 4 tells about the mistress who became a missionary because she was freed. Come, see the man who told me everything I ever did. Who could be happy about that? She was because of Jesus, that's why, see? So, and here we're going to listen to Jesus' conversation with Pilate. And it's a different conversation. Because, well, in, this, in one sense it's different, but in the other sense it's the same. It's different because this conversation, as we listen to this conversation, you need to think of the term shot clock. 
I mean, it is a pressure-packed, stressful conversation, and Pilate needs to make a decision. And that's different than these two previous conversations. But in a way, Jesus is just doing what he had done in these other two situations because he's meeting people where they are. And he's entering into Pilate's world. And Pilate is a governor. And to govern means to make a decision. And as we all know, in government, indecision is not good. So Pilate needs to make a decision. And Jesus calls the question. So in one sense, it's different from these two, but in the other sense, Jesus is calling the question. Pilate's going to have to make a decision. The shot clock is on. Huh? I want you to see a um, slide that I found this past week um, just so that you know who we're dealing with here. In 1961... Uh, this stone inscription was found by archaeologists in Israel. And it is called the Pilate Inscription. The Pilate Inscription. And we're going to have to zoom up a little bit closer to uh, take a look at uh, what is actually inscribed on this stone. And you can, you can barely make out Pilate's name there. And we're going to have to even go one more slide. There it is. You can see the P, the I, the L, the A, the T, the U, a V in Latin was U. Pilatum, the Pilate inscription. And here is actually what the inscription says. It says, Pontius Pilate, prefect of Judea, has presented the Tiberium to the Caesareans. What is that? That is a dedication plaque which was affixed to a facility which was titled the Tiberium, named after Tiberius Caesar uh, in the city uh, in Israel called Caesarea. And what's significant about this? What's significant about it is that when this was discovered, it was the first piece of archaeological evidence found outside the Bible that corroborates the biblical account that there was a guy named Pontius Pilate who was governor of Israel while Tiberius Caesar was emperor over Rome. Fascinating, fascinating uh, inscription which confirms the biblical record. And I bring this up, church family, because what we're about to see is a real guy who existed in history who was governor of a, of a hostile strip of the Roman Empire. And before I, we go to the Bible, I need to tell you a little bit of extra-biblical information that will help us understand why there's a shot clock going on here. Pontius Pilate ruled uh, as governor of uh, Israel uh, between the years 26 and 36 A.D., A.D. 26 to 36, and uh, it was as difficult to rule then as it is now. And he, um, he was not a buffoon, uh, otherwise he wouldn't have made it the 11 years that he governed. Uh, but he did make some strategic blunders. Uh, one of them was when he came to rule, he immediately... Uh, 
hung Roman shields and Roman banners outside his headquarters. Uh, and uh, the, the people living in Jerusalem, it would put them in an uproar because they interpreted it as blatant idolatry. And they complained. They complained. And, and Pilate said, I'm not taking them down. And they said, you will take them down. They said, we're not going to take them down. And, 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 and furthermore, if you don't go away, I'll put you to death. And, and then they just rolled back their collars and they exposed their necks. Go ahead. Pilate took the shields down. <laughs> and, and then, to try to get into the, the good graces of the citizens of Jerusalem, Pilate decided to, to, to do a massive waterworks project. I mean, we take tap water for granted, but, but that, you know, they couldn't back then. So he decided to build an aqueduct system so that it would feed the city of Jerusalem water. And people thought that was a great idea until they discovered that he was raiding Funds from the temple to finance the waterworks. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> Strike two. <laughs> Strike three then was when he put the shields back up. Now they weren't Roman shields. They were just plain generic shields. All they had was the name of the emperor Tiberius on them. But they still, they just raised a stink. Furthermore, they raised such a stink. They sent an official letter of protest to Tiberius Caesar. And Caesar had a system where these puppet nations could file a grievance. And Tiberius Caesar was a micromanager. And he looked into those grievance letters. He was paranoid. He was a micromanager. And he looked into them. And he looked into that situation. And he fired a letter back to Pilate saying, take the shields down and get along with these people. And he took the shields down. See, That's what you need to know before we turn to John chapter 18, verse 28. John chapter 18, verse 28, on pages 767 of your church Bibles. We're going old school today. We don't have any verses up on the screen for you from John, but I want you to look at John chapter 18, verse 28. As we begin to overhear this conversation between Jesus and Pilate. Jesus the, has already been arrested in the garden. He's already gone through some trials. He's already met with Caiaphas. And, you know, they want him dead. The religious enemies of Christ, they want him dead. They want him out of the way. Verse 28 says, then the Jews led Jesus from Caiaphas. Remember, he's the high priest he's the high priest in Israel, to the palace of the Roman governor. By now, it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, the Jews did not enter the palace. They wanted to be able to eat the Passover. Stop right there. It was early morning, probably four-ish in the morning. I mean, it was pretty early. Here's what happened. These Roman governors, they wanted to you know, they wanted to put in their time as soon as they could to get all their business done so that in the afternoon they could enjoy the spas. So they realized that if they didn't get their judgment against Jesus early, they, it, they would, it, would, it would skip the entire Passover and the momentum would be stalled. They wanted Jesus dead. And so to, and it says to avoid ceremonial uncleanness. You see, the Passover was the greatest holiday in Israel's history. It was the commemoration of being delivered from Egyptian slavery. And, uh, and it was, it, it was this, this, 
this multitude being released and the exodus of Egypt of God's people when the death angel passed over the, the blood-stained doorposts of those who had had the blood over the doorposts and, and any uh, who's, who's, uh, who were within the homes of those blood-stained doorposts, they were spared from the death angel that came. Uh, who, and the firstborn was, was saved And so this national holiday proclaiming God's power and his deliverance. And and so to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they could not enter the palace of a non-Jew, a Gentile, this this Roman. They wanted to be able to eat the Passover. They wanted to, it's, it's, it's ironic. These verses drip with irony. Here, the religious enemies are taking painstaking measures to avoid being unclean so that they could participate in the holiday of the Passover while at the same time they are plotting and scheming to murder the true Passover lamb, Jesus, the lamb of God, slain for the sins of the world. And so, verse 29 says, they're not, not gonna go in, so Pilate comes out. Look at verse 29. Verse 29 says, so Pilate came out to them and and said, what charges are you bringing against this man? It was the official judicial uh, inquiry of charges. And they say, he's a criminal. That's our charge. Let's not get into details. We just want you. They don't want to have to explain. They just want Pilate to, because they really don't care for each other. They, they really don't care for each other. We just want you to, if he were not a criminal, we wouldn't have brought him to you. So just, they just want him to rubber stamp and to, and to give the blessing so that they, he'll be out of your hair. If he weren't a criminal, we wouldn't. Pilate says, well, then take him and judge him by your own law. We have no right to execute. See, <laughs> Pilate knew that they couldn't execute him without his permission, and they knew that, and Pilate knew they knew that, and they knew Pilate knew they knew that, and that's that. We got this power play going on here, big time, you know. And their their end game is crucifixion. That's why John says this happened, so that the words Jesus had spoken, indicating the kind of death he was going to die, would be fulfilled. So Pilate goes back inside. Outside is chaos. Inside, he's with Jesus. And I think he was somewhat surprised. He was expecting to see this, this you know, this, 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 this terrorist, this defiant, this, this, this renegade, this, this rebellious king. But uh, literally, John tells us he went back inside the palace and summoned Jesus. And, and, and literally, verse 33, you, you, a king, you, <laughs> you, don't look like, you don't look like much of a king to me. Jesus had been up all night. He's weary. Sleep deprived, you, a king, are you, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus may not have looked like a king to Pilate, but he spoke the truth of the king when he responded to Pilate. He, he said, is that your own idea? Huh? Is, this a, is this a profession of faith you're making here? You want to follow me here? Or are you just saying what everybody else has said? Huh? Is that your own idea? You see, he's inviting, his first words, he's inviting Pilate to his kingdom. It's rather ironic. The interrogated becomes the interrogator. The one who's questioned becomes the questioner. The prisoner in the dock is inviting the judge to become one of his followers. <laughs> Pilate quickly replies, do I look Jewish? What color do you think my skin is? Why, why do you think, hey, listen, 
It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. Okay, so don't think, hey, no, no. Now what did you do? What is it you've done? And Jesus doesn't answer that question. He answers the first question. You see that? And he talks about his kingdom. My kingdom is not of this world. That does not mean that this world doesn't matter. No. He's saying that the origin of his kingdom is not of earth. His origin is, is from the throne of God. And he says, well, if, if, my kingdom, if my kingdom were of the earth, we'd already, we'd already be fighting right now. But my kingdom is from another place. Make no mistake that Jesus' ministry was about declaring and proclaiming the kingdom of God. You don't think that people quit their day jobs and went out on a mountainside to hear the Sermon on the Mount because, because it was a really good Bible study. That's not what that... Jesus declared that the kingdom of God had come and the people of God had remembered those long-awaited prophecies that declared that when the kingdom of God had arrived, then the kingdoms of this earth would be quickly and decisively overthrown. Oh, Jesus' kingdom, it was, all, it was very, very political, but not the kind of politics of this world. Because the kind of politics of this world is, let's amass as much power as we can gather to make people do what we want them to do. And that's not what God's kingdom is all about. Because God's kingdom is about the power that originates from heaven, but a power to serve, the power to be selfless. Well, so you are a king, then, says Pilate, yes. He declares it right there. Yes, I am a king. I was born. I came to this world. And he talks about the weaponry of the kingdom, the weaponry of the kingdom, not iron chariots or catapults or cavalry or, or infantry. The weaponry is truth. To testify to the truth is the kingdom of truth, the truth about God, the truth about this universe, the truth about the... And, and then he says, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. It's an invitation. Pilate, I'm inviting you to belong to the kingdom of truth. Do you want it? Do you want it? it see... The prisoner is inviting the judge to be one of his followers. I'm inviting you, Pilate, to come, but you've got to come now because the shot clock is running. You, there's a decision that you've got to make. And then Pilate snaps, what is truth? It's the most famous question we remember him asking, right? What is truth? Which, which is absolutely shocking when you think about it, you know? What do you mean, what is truth? You see, is it not the business of government to determine truth? Is it not the business of a governor to govern? A governor is to govern, and to govern means to decide and to make a choice. And so for Pilate to say what is truth, that's kind of like a physician saying, well, what is physical health? That's like a, 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 an accountant saying, what is arithmetic anyway? Huh? You know, it, it's, it's like a dentist saying, what is a cavity? If you don't know, we're in trouble. Pilate needs to know, and he asked the question, but notice, with this, he went out. He doesn't stick around for the answer, does he? He doesn't want to hear the answer. He goes back out to the crowd. Yeah, I don't find anything problem with this guy. There's no basis to charge against him, but, 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 but here's, he's going to try to cut a deal now. Two-face. Pilate, two-face. Huh? 
Pilate, two-faced. So here we, I'm gonna try to cut a deal here. And here's the deal. It's your custom. I'm gonna release to you a prisoner at the time of the Passover. Because of my generosity, I'm gonna keep your, I'm gonna keep your custom. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? And they shouted back, look in verse 40. No, not him. Give us Barabbas. I think this completely shocked Pilate because, look, Barabbas had taken part in a rebellion. Barabbas was like Osama bin Laden's, one of his lieutenants. That's what we're looking at there. He, he was an insurrectionist. He was a terrorist. And it, it's baffling. The crowds demanded the release of the very one who was charged, accused, and convicted of what they've been charging Christ for. I mean, Christ hasn't even been convicted. This guy is, this guy, he's headed to the gallows. But no, 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 no. We want Barabbas. We want Barabbas. And so Pilate's, whoa. He's got the two-face now. He's got to try to, you know, he knows that Jesus is innocent, but he's got to deal with the crowds now. He's got his two-face. And the shot clock's going. Okay, here's what I'll do. I'll take Jesus and uh, I'll flog him uh, and, uh, and, 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 and put, him, put him into a bloody, pulpy mess and then put, put, make him look like a clown with king's clothing on him. Then they'll see what a pathetic figure he is and they'll, they'll feel sorry for him and let him go. So then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. This is an interesting verse here because from John's perspective, what we're seeing here is that Jesus was not crucified because he was gone, uh, excuse me, Jesus was not flogged because he was going to be crucified. Jesus was flogged to prevent him from being crucified. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in purple too and went up to him again saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him in the face. And, and once more, see, Pilate goes in. Jesus gets whipped. Pilate comes out, brings him out and says, look, I, you know, I am bringing him out to you to let him know that I find no basis for a charge against him. And when Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to him, here, here is the man. Exi homo, behold the man. What a, he's a puny, pathetic Beaten to a pulp figure. How can he be of any danger to you? That's what Pilate's thinking. But remember, these words come from the pen of the apostle John. And John is writing and he's saying, here is the man, the God-man, the one who came unto his own, but his own received him not. Are they going to miss him? They're going to miss the God-man in the flesh. As soon as the chief priest and the officials saw him, they shouted, crucify him. And Pilate said, you, no, you take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis of charge against him. We have a law, they insisted. And according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. And, and look at verse 8. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid. Whoa, isn't that fascinating? Here the representative of the mightiest nation on the face of the earth at that time suddenly shows fear. Why? Why was he afraid? He was even more afraid. And look, he goes back inside. It's chaos out here. He goes back inside. He goes back inside the palace. And he asks the question, where do you come from? 
Where do you, now why would he ask that question? Where do you come from? Why is he all of a sudden interested, huh? Well, I'll tell you why. Pilate, even though he wasn't religious, he was superstitious. He's very stupid. And in Roman mythology, Roman mythology told stories of the gods who would sometimes venture to earth in human flesh. Had he just flogged one of them? Where do you? But Jesus, look, Jesus gave him no answer. Why should Jesus answer him? Pilate's not interested in truth. He's not interested. He just, he's interested in his two-faced. So Jesus is not going to talk. And Pilate, he's just frustrated. Do you refuse to speak to me? Don't you know that I have the power either to free you or to crucify you? And that's what Jesus says. No, you don't. Nada. No, you don't. No. No, you, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Any power that you have, any power that government has, any power, whatsoever. Any power is given from the throne above. Would you please remember that this season? Huh? Would you remember the prophet Daniel, the most high reigns over the kingdoms of men, and he gives them to each one he chooses? No, you don't, Pilate. Nada. You would have no power over me if it were not given to you. And then Jesus says, therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. I think he's talking about Caiaphas there, the high priest. I think he's saying, look, you know, Pilate, you woke up this morning and this was thrust into your face and the shot clock is going. I understand. You didn't start this, but I'm telling you what, man, you can end this thing. You can make a decision right now, but it's crunch time, buddy. you got to make a decision. It's time. Are you going to belong to the kingdom of truth or are you not going to belong to the kingdom of truth? Which face is it going to be? It's time to choose, sir. Choose. And the Bible says from then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the, but the Jews kept on shouting. And then, listen to this. If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Stop right there. Take your pencils and just put a quote around that phrase, friend of Caesar. Friend of Caesar. Because, you see, that was a title that was conferred upon a special group who had, who, they were kind of the Caesar's good buddies, friend of Caesar, and it had with it perks of status and class, and, and Pilate had to be in that group, you see. And if you weren't in that group, you wanted to be in that group. And if, if, if you uh, were in that group, then you didn't want to ever be put out of that group because that would be a terrible social embarrassment. And they're saying, if you, listen, <laughs> You better play ball, buddy. If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. This is fascinating. See, they have to make themselves out. <laughs> the, the religious enemies of Jesus, in order to get Jesus crucified, have to make themselves out to be more patriotic than Pontius Pilate himself. <laughs> Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. And, and here's what the charge is. Listen to this. If you set this man free, here it is. We're going to tattle to Tiberius. 
We're going to send a delegation to Tiberius accusing you of condoning treason in one who had set himself up as a subversive counter king in Rome. And you remember that threatening letter that Tiberius read? You remember that about those silly golden shields? And, and Tiberius Caesar looked into that? You think he's not going to look into this? Because we're not talking about shields here. We're talking about a subversive countercultural king. Oh, Pilate. He's going he's to support us. And you know it. And that means, Pilate, you're going to lose your membership in the Friends of Caesar Club. You're going to lose the golden membership ring with Tiberius' image. It's going to be pulled from your finger. And you're going to make your exit via the usual means for disgraced members. You're going to be exiled or you're going to have to commit suicide. Buddy, you better play ball or we're going to tattle to Tiberius what's it going to be. And the Bible says in verse 13, when Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out. And sat down on the judge's seat at a place known as the stone pavement. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. They shouted, take him away. Take crucif- Shall I crucify your king? We have no king but Caesar. And, and, and here is how Matthew puts it. Matthew 27, 24, I think it's up on the screen. You can read that verse. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water, washed his hands in front of the crowd, and said, I'm innocent of this man's blood. It's your responsibility. And John chapter 19, verse 16 says, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. Conversation over. Question. Who's on trial? Not Jesus. <laughs> no, that, you know what? The cross was already decided as far as he was concerned. Pilate's on trial, isn't it? Isn't he? Huh? Who's the one going back and forth? Back and forth. But look, let me read through this again. And notice how, notice Pilate's the one who's moving. Pilate's the one who's moving. First he goes out to the crowd. Then he goes back to Jesus. Then he goes out to the crowd. Then he, he's got two faces going on. But you know what? Two two masters are too much. You're going to have to choose. It's decision day. But Pilate doesn't want to make a decision. He wants to score a touchdown on the 50-yard line. But there aren't any goal lines on the 50-yard line, are there? There's not. They don't don't put baskets at half court, do they? You've got to make a decision. You've got to choose. And Pilate wants to play the middle in a contest that is total. And so that is why... That's why that he, he proposes Barabbas, but they want Jesus. He offers a whip. They demand a cross. He declares Christ innocent, but they accuse Pilate of treason. He's going to have to choose and make his choice. And he doesn't want to do it, but see, they put him, he has to. And he finally does. He fi- yeah, he finally makes a decision, all right. Here's Pilate's big leadership decision. Here it is. John chapter 19, verse 19. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross, right? Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. And of course, the the enemies protested. Don't write the king. Write that he claimed to be king of the Jews. And here's Pilate's big leadership decision. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written there. That's my decision. That's leadership. 
Let, let, let me tell you something. Nobody is going to be courting your vote on November the 5th. Nobody. Nobody. But see, he shows up on November 5th to declare his decision. But by then, who cares? Huh? Someone once said, a good word spoken too late is as bad as no word spoken at all. And that's Pontius Pilate. What he should have put on that sign was Jesus is my king. Because that's what Jesus was offering him. I mean, he offers him. Every time Jesus speaks to Pilate, he's offering him entrance into the kingdom of truth. But Pilate won't decide. And, and so he didn't decide, but then as a result, this non-decision was a decision. Oh, and by the way, a few years later, they went on ahead and sent that letter to Tiberius anyway. And Pilate was recalled on his way to Rome. Tiberius Caesar died, and his case was tabled, and we don't know what happened. Some say he committed suicide. Some say he spent the rest of his life trying to figure out the question that he asked, but didn't stick around to answer. I wonder if Pilate's here today. Any Pilate's here? Really? Really? You know what? It's time to choose. It is. Some of you feel like you're Nicodemus and you've processed information about Jesus and, and you're trying to figure out this birth from above and, and you're reading passages about just as the serpent was lifted up for the Old Testament people, then that's a, that was a, 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 a symbol of what the, the, that Jesus would be lifted up on the cross and you, you're, you're gonna, you need to process that through. And Some of you, are, you know, are, come from the Samaritan woman background and you're feeling that, that nobody loves you and you're not good enough to be here and, and that you're an outcast and that Jesus has liberated you. But you know what? Some of you are Pilate. Maybe you've processed through these other two, and here you're in the pilot stage. I know that we have, I know that we have the potential for some pilots here today because last November we found out there's seven to eight percent of our adult population here at Windsor Road who you're coming every week, but you haven't made a decision for Christ yet. You, you cannot say I've crossed the line of faith yet. And that means there's probably 50 or 60 of you between services. And I want to encourage you now. It's time to choose. It's time to choose Jesus. I mean, what, what else do we need to cover? I mean, we've talked about the difference between religion and Christianity, haven't we? We've said that religion is spelled D-O, do this, do that, perform this merit, perform this deed, and then, and then maybe you'll pile up enough merits to be able to get into heaven. And that's not Christianity. Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E, done, where my entire life, my living, my dying, and my eternal life is well, what Jesus has done for me. He lived the life I should have lived. He died the death I should have died. What? Christianity is D-O-N-E. But you know that already, don't you? And so now it's time to choose. I want to ask you today, right here, right now, to choose Jesus as your king. That Jesus is going to be your sovereign ruler. That's right. Not a consultant. Not just a neat counselor who can advise you. But someone who tells you how to live your life. And why? Well, because he rose from the dead. And he who rises from the dead is smarter than me. I mean, he really did. This is this is we're not we're this church is just not about 
Let's follow a really neat teacher because Jesus didn't claim to be a teacher. He's God in the flesh. And he's the king and he has a kingdom. And he's inviting me to his kingdom. Have you, are you a part of that? And, and here is what it, you need to say. It's you and him. Christianity is not this list of rules. It's a person. I'm gonna say, Lord, you are my king. You are my CEO. You are the boss God man. And you are more qualified to tell me how to live my life than I am. And I'm gonna trust you. Now, Maybe that is a solution to our national problems. What do you think? That's all we have to offer here. All we have to offer here is Jesus and total and absolute submission to his rule and his way and his life. And that has to, that's got to start in your heart and then it's got to work itself out in how we do life. I want to invite you to do that. Jesus, you are my king. You are my king. Will you, if you haven't done that, will you please do that today? Jesus, I want you to lead my life. I want you to lead my life. I trust you. What you say goes. And then if you make that decision today in your heart, and you declare Jesus to be king of your life, here's what I want you to do. I want you to come up here after the service. I want you to grab this towel. Pontius Pilate washed his hands of Jesus and took a towel. I want to invite you, after the service, you come and take this towel. And I want you to come back here at 5 o'clock today. And I want you to get in this baptistry with me. Because baptism is a... Is the pledge of a good conscience towards God. Baptism means Jesus, I mean business. I'm not just joking around. I mean business. I'm serious. You come and you get this towel, all right? And we got a little piece of paper here because what we're gonna do is we're gonna have baptisms at five and then we're gonna have supper out in the foyer. You say, what are we gonna have? I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But you know what? Four people came for service. And one guy brought his family of nine. So we're going to have a lot of food. And I don't know what we're cooking yet. But that's okay. I just want you to come. And take it, you say, I didn't plan on, that's okay. Pilate didn't know when he woke up that morning that he was going to be face to face with God in the flesh. You are Pilate, and Jesus, I pray, is talking to you now, not Randy. And he wants you to join his kingdom. Not Randy's kingdom, Jesus' kingdom. Now what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's decision day, folks. You come.